Welcome, everybody. I'm David Irvin. I'm a leadership development specialist and a best-selling author, and we want to welcome you to the Leaders Navigator podcast. What is uniquely special is that I'm doing this podcast together with my daughter, Haley, and I'm super excited about this opportunity to work jointly on this project that we are both so passionate about. Haley, welcome to another episode. Here we are. Always Always good to be with you. Now, we have a special guest here today, uh, Jim Rieger. Now, Jim is a mentor of mine, a good friend. He's been a great supporter of this authenticity work. In fact, I would give Jim credit for helping me really formulate um, our work around authenticity probably 20 years ago and really helped me hone in and value from his years of business experience, working in corporations, working, running his own business, working with family families in business has really helped me clarify the value in combination with my own research on packaging and marketing and and positioning this work around authenticity and bringing it to the marketplace. And we want to bring Jim in on our podcast today. Uh, He and I wrote a book, uh, two books together in in the early 2000s, one on authentic leadership and one on Bridges of trust and we really our account our philosophy around accountability. We want to bring Jim in. I'm really grateful for the opportunity to bring uh, Jim in in our episode this this week, because what we want to talk about is our work around sage forums and what they are. And this is probably one of the most fulfilling things that uh, I've done in my career. Where you know so much, Haley. I got to tell you, so much of my career has been about doing. Uh, coming in and doing a presentation and then leaving and doing another presentation. And I really have wanted over these last few years, and I think it's become abundantly clear through this pandemic, that what I've really wanted to do is to build something that would last beyond me. And so I went back to Jim and I said, listen, what do you have and what could we build together that would last beyond us both? And so this is uh, what we're going to hear is Jim's story and our story about bringing the, this, uh, this, uh, these sage forums to the world. And, uh, and you know, you're going to be integral in, in this whole thing, Haley. So I hope that uh, you'll find some value in this. Oh, of course. So anyway, that's, that's kind of an introduction. Anything you want to add to that, Haley? No, I'm just excited to, to chat with like, you know, two sage gentlemen as well, if you will. No, uh, just, yeah, to be able to talk about, you know, 20 years of, of, of experience and also to your guys's friendship too. Cause you guys have a, like, I, I remember, you know, old Jimmy boy, like I remember Jim, like I remember talking about, uh, you know, what a cool friend you were for dad for so many years too. So I think that's also a really important thing too. Um, I forgot though, because I'm older than your dad, I'm also sager. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Hence, did you notice how he, he mentioned mentor? This is very oh, important. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Let it be known. <laughs> <laughs> well, where should we start today, Jim? Maybe just tell us a little bit about you and your passion and what what these sage forums have meant to you and just some of your experience uh, sure. in building these, just to, to introduce us uh, us all to, to this whole notion. Well, let me start by just saying that these groups, which I'm going to explain in more detail, are the most powerful, effective thing I've ever done in terms of contributing to my own personal growth, my growth as a leader, my my growth in business, and and my growth as a parent and and husband. They 
because here's let me start at the beginning. I grew up in Winnipeg, and my dad was a carpenter, and and uh, he lost his job. I'll make a long story short, he died tragically when I was seven. So and and we were very poor. So my mom had to go and work, and and never got to know her very well. So I grew up kind of having to get to know myself. You know what what's the meaning of life? What's the purpose? And so I think I I, I was pretty much self aware about myself. But what I was really not very aware about was how I come across to other people, how I respond, how how do other people see me? What do I do with that information? And, you know, for the longest time, I think that's kind of where where I was. And, and I think a lot of other people are there, too. And then in my kind of early 40s, I joined a group that was put together by an association of family businesses. And they would if you wanted, you could join a group of other like uh, kind of family business people, not from competing businesses. And all over the age ranges, all over all over the map, very young, very old. And I joined the group, and I was I've been in that group. Well, I not anymore because unfortunately most of them have passed on. But I was in a group for over twenty years, and those twenty years we would meet typically once every four to six weeks, maybe take a break in the summer for a month, and we would go every year away for an annual retreat for three four days, and we would uh, so we would just get to know each other really well. The rules were that there were no rules that we could talk about anything i could i learned very quickly because the trust levels were really high dave you and i you know we 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 speak about authenticity and accountability and and that what that contributes to building trust so we worked really hard in this group with building deep trust so i was in this group where the, i could trust them with anything i could take any issue a business issue is kind of how we started because that was easy stuff then we very quickly got into deep personal issues. And I could take anything to that group. And I got so passionate, but I kind of set aside much of my business. I just focused on building those groups and documenting what worked, what didn't work. And uh, the, the association was the Canadian Association of Family Enterprises hired me to do two cross Canada tours where I trained these groups how to get going and run. And then that kind of, you know, I stopped doing that. And now to work with you, with the, your network of people, to get people. I mean, I wish that, David, I wish I would have got into one of these groups when I was way younger than Haley. Because with the contribution, how do we really know how we come across the people? How do we know if we're self-aware? Where do we go to ask? My experience around that was, I'm sorry to be rambling here, but this is such an exciting topic. You know, the, where do you go to really get honest feedback? If you go to the people closest to you, your family, your friends, you usually get BS. You know, they, they don't want to hurt your feelings. They don't. So they kind of sugarcoat the stuff, you know, and you, maybe you go to business and then they tend to just focus on all the negatives. And so these groups were, were set up and structured and the ones we're dealing with you specifically to help people increase their self-awareness. And there's two components, like how self-aware you are about yourself and how, like what I, which I call internal self-awareness, which I thought I was always pretty good at, but I was lousy at understanding how I came across. And so what these groups help me with what I call the external self-awareness. And so if, if other people see me differently than I see myself, then I got a choice to make. Depending on who they are, I can say, you know, I need to change. Or I can say, you know what, I see how they see me, but you know what, my internal compass is more stronger. I'm going to just stick with doing what I'm doing. So that's an overview of what the group says. So it's typically eight to 12 people. They get together every four to six weeks and they get to know each other very well. And because these meetings are going to be facilitated by professional facilitators, the focus is on building trust deep and, and quickly. So you really get two things. You get a lot of support 
uh, you get a community with people that you can bring anything to. For example, Haley, you could bring challenges at school and get a whole different perspective. And then secondly, you get feedback so that you become self-aware so that you can impact those challenges with, with more effectiveness. That, that's absolutely correct. And Haley, you are recently married, is that correct? I am, yeah, just a few months. <laughs> and you might, so you have a new, well, I won't say a new relationship, but you have a relationship that's going to hopefully continue for many years. By the way, Joan and I just celebrated our 54th year. Oh, okay. congratulations. I usually say for Joan, that's an average of over 10 years per husband, but she'll, <laughs> she'll kick me if I say that. So you know, 54 years. And, you know, there have been times when I needed to get advice and feedback from other people other than her about how I was doing. So it's, it's and raising kids, if you ever decide to have children, you, these groups, I mean, yes, there's lots of people that can tell you how to raise group, but they don't know you personally necessarily. So you can bring, as David said, anything. I brought business issues. I brought family relationship issues. I brought just, just issues about leadership issues, big time. You know, how am I coming across? And then I can, like I said, the most important thing I think is the internal self-awareness so that when there's a discrepancy, you can decide for yourself where you want to change. You know, I'm always incredibly amazed. You know, we, we want more, we want more in life, right? We want more love. We want more affection. We want more tenderness. We want more kindness. We want more money. We want more success or we want less. I want less conflict. I want less stress. I want less strife. As long as I don't have to change. You know, and, and, you know, our life would be perfect, David, if only you would change, right? And so what these groups were, were really a compass to help me figure out where I, in fact, needed to change if I wanted to be more effective at whatever it was, parenting, leadership, you name it. How do uh, each of these sessions, like, what do they look like? A Sort of a day in the life of each session. Is it like, you know, how how does the facilitator begin it? How do you get people talking? Because I right. would imagine that it would be a lot of, especially like the first few, uh, I imagine would be quite awkward with people just unsure of what to share. Like, how do you get to that that area of trust and vulnerability? Great, great question. Because that is that is the key to making these meetings successful is being able to do that. For starters, what we're doing in terms of how we're advertising and promoting these groups are we're being almost what I almost what I call almost the negative sell. Like, don't join one of these groups if you aren't interested in becoming more self-aware. So we, we purposely say, hey, these groups are about helping you become more self-aware because you're going to be with people you trust. And then from so so they're coming to the meeting expecting to kind of share themselves, uh, to be able to be vulnerable. So in the very beginning, we the, the first few meetings are all about starting kind of small with easy stuff, you know, like. Now we're not going to try to probe in your deep, dark personal left, right, right out of the gate. So to come to the meeting and we have exercises. The meetings are all structured. So a part of each meeting is where you update. So just going meeting to meeting. Part of each meeting is each person shares an update going back to the last meeting and forward about significant events in their life. Just so we feel like we're, we're really connected with it. We know what's really important in your life from the past meeting and we know what's you're facing you coming up. So that's a big structure. Then every meeting, at least one person and sometimes two or three have a chance to bring a topic to the an issue. Should be, it could be an issue, something they're struggling with, could be an opportunity, something they're facing, could be a relationship issue, could be a business issue, could be just a personal. So they, and there's a structured format as to how they do that, what they put on the table. And one of the most important parts of that part of the meeting is what do you want from the group? What are you looking for? 
are you looking for you know uh, what happened in our lives and we tried that are you looking for people so it's a very structured process and then a part of the meeting is a self the third meeting it's sort of three stools it's like updating and then there's the personal uh, individual sharing and then and then the, the third part of that is kind of really uh, let's do some self-awareness exercises so we start off with really simple ones and then we get deeper and deeper and deeper and then we eventually get to the point where the people are posing questions to the others and then people start coming to the group and saying you know i'm pretty self-aware around how to be a, a business manager but you know what i I really don't know how I come across in this other aspect of my life. Like I'm really great at business, but I'm not maybe that great at intimate relationships. They have you know, history who would say I'm not so great at that because I've been married three times or whatever it is. So I'd really like some feedback from a group, a group that I trust, not only trust, you know, because they have some knowledge, but I trust them to give me the straight goods, positive mm -hmm. or, or constructive. Um, so those are the three major parts of the meeting. And uh, honest, like I said, I was in a group for 20 years. It was the highlight of my life. Every month, I could hardly wait to get to my group. And every single meeting, we check in, how are you doing at the very beginning of the meeting? And how are you doing when the meeting ends? And invariably, people are feeling, they come to the meeting and they feel like I'm stressed or, or what. And they leave that. I'm still stressed, but you know what? I'm feeling more confident about how I'm going to deal with life when I leave this meeting. Why do you think it's so important that these sage groups happen now? Is there something that, like, I know obviously it was useful for you 20 years ago, right? But, or, or you know, or longer ago, but why, why do you think it's up, like the utmost importance right now that people come together and have feedback with each other? Well, you know, just based upon the last couple of years with COVID, my mm -hmm. experience is while we have become more connected technologically, as we're doing right now, we have become far less connected individually. My sense, and I can't, I can't prove this, but my sense in talking to young people and, and old people, all, doesn't matter, that we are striving, we're looking, seeking for more connection and, and more meaningful connection. And people are more concerned about what is the meaning of life because they've, they've this last two, three years, they've gone through incredible things that we've, none of us have ever been through this before, none of us that I know. And so we're really, I sense, my sense is that people are striving for something more meaningful, deeper connections in life. And honest to gosh, this, this is the fastest, best, most meaningful way. If that's of interest to anybody listening, this is probably the best way I know how to get that quickly and meaningfully and deeply. It's also too, I was even just thinking about how the way, you know, algorithms work with social media and everything from like your Google searches and everything, how all we get is more of the same and we're kind of right. stuck in these echo chambers, right? Where, you know, even I think about my job um, as a, as an educator, like, so like all of my, my closest friends are educators, you know, like I only right. interact with teachers and thereby also with like-minded people. And so very rarely do I actually get the opportunity to interact with people who are, um, you know, different fields, different political views, different religious views, things like that. So I'm, so what do you think a diverse group of people can offer? Well, I think diversity is a key to the groups, right? So I don't want, I don't want a whole bunch of people the same age, the same gender, the same kinds of jobs. Uh, diversity is critical. And uh, because that's where you get the perspective, you know, we think, well, maybe just a young person is just going to be there and just learning, but, you know, X that out because, you know, much of what I learned, I would say the stuff I learned the most about in the last few years, because, you know, I, I'm, I'm at the tail end, is from younger people. 
what do they feel about life? So the diversity is key. And we purposely factor that into putting the groups together, you know, to put in that diversity. The other thing that's really interesting, which I haven't really thought much about, I didn't think, to be honest, I thought it'd be difficult um, to do these things virtually. But what I've learned from your father is that, in fact, it's probably easier. All the groups I was in or taught up until recently were all you know, face-to-face meetings, uh, which I thought was the old, kind of maybe the only way you could really do this stuff. But what I'm learning is people open up, and now I've experienced it myself, people open up probably faster, easier when it's virtual. Maybe there's a, a safety net or something that, you know, if they were in the room, maybe I wouldn't know quite as fast. So I thought that was a, that would be a deterrent, but in fact, it's not. And just I just witnessed what your father's done virtually with his with his leadership academies you know he used to run you know 30 40 people all together in the same room now he's the audiences are bigger and, and they're much easier to put together because you can have somebody in texas and somebody in vancouver and somebody in calgary and somebody not all in the same group uh, mm-hmm. so they're much easier to put together and and i have to my hat's off to you because i didn't believe this was possible but i've witnessed it now firsthand that people will open up quickly particularly if they know why they're there because you've made it very clear you, the, you know no sugar coating this is why we're here and if this interests you you're going to find it fantastic if it doesn't interest you it's not for you well even too i was thinking how you know we've we've been doing more parent teacher interviews virtually right. um, and we've actually had way more people be open to it because it's the, the the commitment of actually driving somewhere, traveling to somewhere, and leaving the house. It, it's, right. it just becomes a lot more accessible and easier because um, all of a sudden you just have to you know find a quiet space, open up your laptop or your phone, and away you go. Right. Um, and so I guess yeah, I guess that leads me to my next question: is what is the sort of commitment? I guess like what what should somebody expect in terms of a commitment before they sign up? Uh, the commitment is is about a half a day, uh, a month. Uh, some some sometimes will be every every four to six weeks. We're looking at the the timing will be dependent upon the group because clearly some groups will want to meet in the morning, some in the afternoon, some in the evening, some in the weekends. I don't know, uh, but but it'll have to be always about everybody has to agree to meet at the same time. So, um, but it's typically uh, three and a half to four hours. Some groups may decide if they're bigger, may decide to go an extra half an hour or so. But typically it's a half a day. Uh, so, and then oftentimes they'll break for a month, maybe even two in the, in the summer. And we're, we're also going to factor in once a year to have a retreat. Now, ideally that would be nice to have it in person. That always won't be possible. We know that. Um, and, and as we get more and more groups, we will be having once a year where they can actually come, uh, uh, virtual or otherwise to a, to a, to a retreat where we bring in guest speakers and, and so they can participate that way. Cool. Does that answer your question about the commitment time-wise? And yeah, then, for sure. Yeah. Okay. For sure. And I guess too, Jim, like how did you originally find this group? How what like what in your life led you to be open to this experience? How did you stumble on this concept initially? Because I think that's a big one. Is like, you know, how do people know what they don't know? And how do they know to be self-reflective if if they don't know that they need to know that, if that makes sense? Yeah, it does. My my first exposure to feed. Uh, well, I've always been interested in in self awareness because I, like I said, from from the time I was a little kid, I had to become more self aware, and so I've always been interested. In that I've I've been you know I've done all the the meditation retreats, the ashrams, and all that stuff since I was a young man, and so I always feel I've looked internally. But my real first exposure to like, okay, so what a what a how do you come across to other people came from a, a good friend of mine when I was I think in my thirties. 
uh, early 30s. And, and, and I said, well, I, I, I probably come across the same way to them I do to me. And he said, do you want to do a little test on that? So we got, he got six of my friends that I thought knew me really well together. <laughs> and he arranged for them to give me some feedback. <laughs> and, and it turns out that I was, uh, well, I thought I was maybe 95% self-aware. I was probably about 15 oh, based upon feedback from people who I said knew me. Oh, and, and so, I, and then I thought, well, I got to do more of this. And I tried, I tried putting groups together myself and I found in those days it was all one face to face. So it had to be all in the same town and, and it, it just took too much time and energy. So uh, then, like I said, in my, uh, in my late 30s, I can't remember exactly what age I was, but the cafe put these groups together. And so they said, okay, anybody who's interested, well, I was the first guy with my hand up. And they said, oh, and we're also going to do some training. So they sent me off to Harvard. So when I was a young man, I went off to Harvard and learned how to facilitate from the people that are the best in the world. Uh, and I just got so, I, and my business just changed literally overnight from uh, I'm a, you know, a business, business consultant to I'm a personal growth consultant and uh and, and i just went kind of went nuts with the whole thing i like i said I've, I've done training for the ypo young presence organization entrepreneurs organization the young entrepreneurs of canada uh two cross canada sessions over a 10-year period with cafe uh, and then i tried to put these groups together again by myself and but it was before COVID, uh and it just was too time consuming to try to get, you know, 10 people in Victoria, 10 people in Vancouver. And it was particularly hard somewhere outside where I live. And so then uh, Dave, so then I got in this group and like I said, I was in a group, but then David approached me and, and he said, you know, when, when people leave my academy, they kind of drift away. You know, some stay connected all the time, some disappear. Now, what do we do? And I said, I got an idea. What do, you, what do you think about this? And it just, it just was perfect timing. It just was, and now he's got a bunch of facilitators lined up that are high quality people. And we've got two. Now I will be blunt and tell you, I am, I am like a zero on social media marketing. <laughs> I'm a good marketeer, but not with, but he's got two or three people on his team that are that are females your age or maybe a couple of years older, one of them, but wow, are they phenomenal? Do they ever know what they're talking about? And so I'm super, cause I'm now in big learning mode again, yeah. you know? Yeah. So Jim, I got a, I got a question about that. Um, people aren't aware of how unaware they are is the, mm -hmm. is what I'm hearing you say that we think we're more self-aware than we are. So if the criteria for getting into this is you you want to have a you you want to have a person who's committed to self-awareness it's easy to say well I'm self-aware I don't need a group like this because and then they don't know how unself-aware they are if that's a word I think I'm just making it up yeah. but what would you suggest would be uh some uh, some more criteria for knowing Hey, this is a group that would be right for me. Aside from the fact that just intuitively, you would be some people are going to just be naturally drawn to this. Is there anything else you could say about what what that would be? Yeah, there. Well, for starters, they did a. a, a there's a group in the states did a big study about four or five years ago, and they took I don't know eight hundred to a thousand people, and they said you know test them say how how where are you? and what they found out is that people like you and me. 
Uh, we, 95% of the general audience out there think that they're self-aware. Yet, when they then did the same kind of test my friends did with me, well, they said, I, I don't know, it was five or 10, but they took a number of people, names provided by the 95% self-aware people, and said, okay, we're going to check that out. And they did. And when it was carefully monitored under you know, re strict research rules, and what it turned out was like 10 to 15% of the people actually are self-aware. So now, the question, if I understand it, is how do you market self-awareness uh, group to people who already consider their self-aware? And, and, and the answer is it's not easy. Mm. It's not easy. A couple of things, I'll, the, the Stanford University, which is where I kind of got all my leadership training. I, I, as you know, I was a general manager for Western Canada for about 10 years. And, and, and HPNet in those days in the 70s was considered the best company in the world to work for, best managed, best led and all that stuff. So all my learning occurred at Stanford. And about seven years ago, they did a uh, they published a paper. They have a they have a who's who list on their their board of advisors is about seventy five people and Jobs and Gates and all those guys have been on it at one time or another. And what they said was self awareness is the most important leadership capacity to develop in the years ahead. Not top ten, not top three. The most important capacity for leaders to develop is self awareness. But so many of us are walking around thinking we're pretty self-aware. I don't know how you can force somebody who is convinced they're self-aware that they that they are not with what we're trying to do. But what I will tell you is if it's only 5% of the people that are self, there's a bunch of people who want, want to be more self enough for us to have all the success we can possibly handle. So I think it's a, it's a recognizing that yeah, a lot of people think they're self-aware. How are you going to appeal to them? I don't, I don't have a good answer for that one. I really don't. But what I can tell you is there's a whole bunch of people that when they just hear this kind of a message once or twice, will say, you know what, how do I know? So my first question to you, if you, if you told me I'm pretty self-aware, I'd say, how do you know? How do you know, David? Because your wife told you, your daughter told you? Because <laughs> I told you? Most, most of the reason why I know I'm self-aware is just because I think I am. It's right. coming <laughs> from an internal feedback system. Yeah, and if you would ask me before I was our house, I would have said I'm yeah I'm 99 like, yeah because look at the life I had to lead David look at all the struggles I had look at all the crap I had to deal with I had to be pretty self aware but uh, I, I I mean it was a gutsy move to ask well I but I was sure that the answers were going to be yeah Jim's really self aware <laughs> so I, I don't if, if anybody is even questioning their self awareness get involved and you'll find out. You get, there's there's a lot of growth and boy is it ever excited and just because other people don't agree with you doesn't mean you're not self-aware for one second it just gives you where i mean i'm committed to change but i'm not committed to change just because you know a bunch of football players think thinks i'm not living up to their culture or uh, you know a bunch of guys i go out and have a beer with think i'm not that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about where do where does the discrepancy come from and am i going to do anything about it that's the exciting part well, and even too, like Olympic athletes need coaches. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like everybody needs people to give them feedback, even the best of the best, right? And so, yeah. you know, like feedback is an incredibly important thing for so many different way reasons, you know? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I just from what I'm, I'm hearing and when these people, David, and you're anybody in your that's attended any one of your programs would be wide open to self-awareness, in my humble opinion. 100%. I don't know how you can be authentic without being, without wanting to grow. 
I mean, how can you how can you claim to be authentic, an authentic leader, and authentic living authentic life if I'm not open to growth and mm-hmm. feedback? And now we got rules around how we get feedback and how we get feedback. You know, feedback is hard. Honest feedback is difficult to give. So when I get feedback, I'm I'm all over thanking people for giving it to me because I know it's coming from a caring place, and that's what we're putting together: caring places to get constructive feedback positive and this is everything maybe if, if everybody's thinking it's all about negative it's not most of us don't appreciate ourselves to the level we should be so what i have found in these groups is that it often is not around negative or constructive feedback it's around you don't realize how what an impact you're making on this group on this audience on your partners in your company just look at your world haley and, and ask yourself your colleagues, your students, yourself, how, how aware are we of our gifts, of our talents, of our unique abilities that we bring to the world, hey? Well, it's so funny, right? Like we, uh, I was just actually just talking to a colleague about this last week about how rare it is in adult careers to actually have authentic opportunities to give and receive feedback. Like some people have great bosses that are, are able to know you really well and know your progress really well as a prof- in a professional capacity to be able to give you that kind of feedback. Um, But those are few and far between. Not enough people know what they're doing well or what they need to work on in general. And that's professionally, right? That's not even personally, right? No, that's cool. I do a little exercise that uh, when I'm doing my talks and I get people in the groups of two and and they're only allowed to ask the other person one question. And Mm -hmm. and it's up up on the PowerPoint. It says, what do you appreciate about yourself? And so you ask, you just keep asking another person, what do you appreciate about it? You can't give feedback. You can't ask any other questions. Well, you can't say, you know, tell me more about that. None of that stuff, David. Just what do you, and you know what? The room starts off. You can hardly hear yourself think for about a minute, two minutes, <laughs> and then it just dies. <laughs> what does it say when we can't speak for more than two minutes about what I appreciate about myself? It says that I'm not getting enough feedback. You know that? So I don't want anybody listening to this thing to think this is all about, I'll get, you know, I'm going to join a group and get a bunch of negative feedback. That is not what it's about. Constructive feedback, if you want it for sure. But like I've said many times, this these groups and in the groups that I've been involved with training and 90% of the time, 80% of the time, it's around you don't realize how positive and how you come across to people so positively. And it's not sugar-coated, it's genuine and sincere stuff. So, I mean, wow, if I could just wave a magic wand and have everybody really have an honest look at themselves and all the qualities they bring to the world, what a, what a change we could make in the world. I love your passion about this. Haley, okay. any last questions you have or thoughts? Yeah. I think this is actually maybe a good sort of last question, I guess, is that both to to both to you, Jim, and to you, Dad, um, I guess on the light of that, like, what do you appreciate about yourselves? And then also what excites you about working with Jim? What excites you about working with Dave? Dave, what, what excites you about working with Jim? You go first, Dave. I've been doing all the talk. Well, f- first of all, I know that one of my values is contribution. Mm-hmm. And one of my gifts is that I do make a difference with people and that I'm very committed to not just give a talk to somebody and inspire somebody. I'm getting to the point in my life where I measure my success 
as a presenter and not the feedback that I get back where people say it was a great talk, but the feedback that I get back that it actually changed something in my life. Sometimes I'll get feedback six, 12 months after a presentation. I was, I was doing a presentation in Regina yesterday and someone said that they had heard me talk when I was in Regina in 2008 and actually brought our book, Jim, brought our book and said, would you sign this for me? Because I've been, I've been waiting to see you for 12 years and uh, I want you to sign my book for me because it's really made a difference in my life. Mm-hmm. So I know that that's, that's my passion and it is my gift. It is my reason for being that I, I really want to go beyond just giving an inspiring presentation to actually saying something that people would, it's just like a farmer. I feel like I, I plant seeds. I never know sometimes where they take root. And when something takes root, I, I do plant good seeds, but I never know when they take root and when they grow and when they make a difference in someone's life. And that's what I am so grateful here is that we have a, a structure, a format that goes beyond just a presentation for people who want to go deeper and, and really have what I call what I call vertical growth. There's horizontal growth where we have nice experiences and good insights, and maybe we read good books. We listen to good podcasts and we go from one to another to another. But this is what we're talking. That's what I call horizontal growth. But what we're offering here is vertical growth, where you realize that that uh, that it's the depth of your experience and your understanding of yourself and who you are as a person that actually amplifies the impact that you have on you on the planet. That's good. And what do you what excites you about working with Jim? Oh my gosh. Well, this friendship goes back so far and uh, uh, I'm just very grateful to be able to reawaken this friendship. We haven't really been intentionally together, although we do stay in touch periodically, but for us to have a project like this to work on is just absolutely, uh, you know, uh, so meaningful to me. Uh, You know, authenticity, as we say, is a lonely journey, but it can't be done alone. And to walk the path uh, with Jim in this in this uh, project it's what i you know i it's uh, it's just so fulfilling beyond words what it's like to be able to build something like this and offer it together like this with a team beautiful all right mr rieger (laughs) i'll answer the last question first so I first met your dad, I don't remember what year it was, but he was giving a talk on accountability. And I always considered myself to be, you know, Mr. Accountable. Um, But he inspired me beyond belief with new ways of looking at it uh, and new ways of looking at authenticity. So I was inspired by your father the first time I heard him talk. And then we we met, I think we hit it off immediately. We've done a number of projects together and we've done some speaking together we've done you know uh, seminars together and i think we come at it slightly differently but but the values are totally in alignment uh, and i've you know i've been a public speaker to never never reached the, the 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 status that your father did as a speaker but i was doing a whole bunch of other things but 
but me too, what I found missing in my public speaking was like, I never kind of knew what impact I was making for most of the people, if many of them. And then when I got in this group, I thought this really resonates with me. This is what I, this is, this is what I'm really good at. And it's it facilitating a meeting is one of these is not like just facilitating a business meeting where, okay, well, like our time's up to talk about last year's, uh, you know, performance. We got to go on and talk about marketing. It's you, and it's not just about throwing out, you have to push people. Like, so you have to be a skilled facilitator. You have to know when and how far you can push people and when you can call them on, when you really think they're, they're not being honest with themselves. How do you do that? How do you call it? So it's, I believe I'm good at that. I, I have, tons to learn and by the way i learn more at every single meeting i facilitate than i think anybody who's there at the meeting and so for me it's the best way to learn and grow about myself and how i come across um, but i love it i would give up everything i do and i have given up most of what i do i have really only one business client left i have a few family business ones but 90 percent of what i do is these kinds of these kinds of groups and i just love it I can't wait to get to a meeting because you actually get to see firsthand what an impact uh, people are having by making changes in their own lives, by listening. And so, and then of course you're very, you get very close to them. You get to know these people. I mean, I got a group in Vancouver I'm running now for, it's coming up to 12 years and uh, man, oh man, like we're just closest friends and you can, and these people, you can talk about anything, but I still call them on their on their crap, I say once in a while, they their sugar go, oh, oh, and you got to know how to do that in a way. But they know I care, and they I know they care. So that's you know what I feel about your dad. I'm just so excited about doing this because we are on the same page, your father and I. And you know, kind of how I got to this, I guess, is just like I said, I I just was in a group, and then I thought, well, why don't I try? And I put up I put out a call. They said, well, I'll, they were looking for somebody to train across Canada. I said, hey, I'll do it. And I, I gave him a price that just guaranteed that I would get the contract. And I got, I went across Canada, I think 30 centers and, and trained, I think 70 or 80 groups. And uh, then they did it again, seven years later. And so this is what I'm meant to do. And now I can do it from my house. <laughs> you know, I've been living, I always, where I live is important to me. I don't know, way more than I think it is to most people. But when I first moved from Winnipeg, I went out to the coast with some friends when I was 21 years old and I saw the ocean. Well, I mean, a year later, I moved to Vancouver and I couldn't afford to live on the ocean, but, but I was in Vancouver and I went every day. Then when I was 32, I think my kids were five and two, before they went to school, I went to Hawaii. I took a nine-month leave of absence from Hewlett Packard. I went to Hawaii and I and I lived, you know, we were in a condo on the ocean. I came back from here and and then 10 years later, I'm on the I've been living on the ocean for 35 years. So my day, I can go outside, I can walk on the beach with my dog, with Joan, with some friends. I can come back here and run a group for three hours and then go back and kayak, you know. So give me a break. This is Amazing. This is the best life in the world. Oh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get paid to help people improve themselves. It doesn't get any better than that, Haley. No, it sounds amazing. It's a great segue to uh, how we finish each, up each episode, which is what are you grateful for this week? So, Jim, do you want to start us off? What are you grateful for? Wow. I'm, well, I'm grateful for all, but mostly, you know, I'm grateful to live where I live and to have my dog that loves me for no matter what I do and, and a wife that's pretty much the same. 
Oh, that's a great answer. What are you grateful Haley, for? Dad? Do you want to go next? No, you go for it, Dad. Well, I am grateful for this experience right here, right now, for yeah. people who care about the important things in life, about what truly matters in life. I'm grateful to be around people who who get my values and who share this, and particularly, Haley, that you're interested in in working together with me and us sharing ideas each episode and to have you in my life. I'm truly grateful for that. Aww. Likewise, dad. Yeah. I'm just grateful to be able to learn from so many different people in my life, you know, from, you know, finishing up dealing with teenagers and learning from teenagers because they have so much to offer uh, to then being able to talk to both of you and just learn so much from, from your wisdom and um, from your experience. And I just feel very, very lucky to be able to learn from so many wonderful people in my life. So. And do you finish off each episode with a little song on the guitar? And oh yeah, and my 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 pan flute. Yes. Yeah. No. No, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> my life is really a musical jam. It's true. <laughs> no, we gotta get dad to. We gotta get dad on the on the bongos and on the the shakers. <laughs> okay, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that side of your father. So. Oh, it's quite special. Yeah. <laughs> Well, before this uh, conversation deteriorates too much, I think we'll probably <laughs> sign off here. Listen, it's been a blast. As my grandson would say, it's been a blast. It's been great fun. And uh, uh, let's uh, take care, both of you two. Thanks for joining us today.